Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out podcast. That was Lotus Thrones with Roses. That track comes off of their new LP, The Heretic Souvenir, which drops this Friday, April 7th, on Seeing Red and Disorder recordings. You might have heard me talk quite a bit about Lotus Thrones over the last couple of years, really. Heath Rave, the man behind the music has been on the podcast not once, but twice. Uh, premiered one of their songs as it came out, maybe two, maybe this one actually, Roses, that you just heard. Uh, well, there was a video premiere on gettingitout.net. If you missed that, I hope you heard it here and enjoyed it. Post punk, goth, whatever you want to call it, it rules. And uh, if you haven't seen the album artwork for this, that's another reason to get into this band. The aesthetic of Lotus Thrones is very intriguing as well. A lot of depth going on here. And I'm happy for my friend to release this debut. Well, it's not debut, this sophomore LP. And I'm stoked to get my copy in the mail. You can go buy it right now on Bandcamp, lotusthrones.bandcamp.com. Pretty limited pressing. So be sure to grab a copy quickly. They'll definitely sell out. On this episode of the podcast, I've got an interview with Baltimore noise rock band Mastier. I'm talking to their vocalist, Eric, and the guitarist, Noel, and we get into how the band came about and where it's going. And their new LP, of course, drops this Friday as well. It's called Knife on Grimoire Records, but we'll talk a little bit more, more about that. But first, it's Hot Zone. Check it! I don't know how many podcasts I've started now with spring is here, but spring is here. April 5th, as I record this, and it's nice outside. It's like 60 degrees in the morning here, 616 a.m., 78 degrees in the morning here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I hope you're having a good day. Let's take a look at the traffic. I never understood why they played traffic on the evening news at home. I think I've probably talked about this at least once in the past because I've been complaining about it for years. Why do they tell you traffic on the evening news on the TV? If I'm watching the evening news, the likelihood that I need to go out and drive in traffic is very low. That's it. That's my whole spiel. I just don't understand why we're showing the traffic at that time. I understand showing it in the morning before people do their commute, but afterwards, and I, and trust me, I do believe that this world revolves around us nine to fivers. Okay. So you second shift, third shift, people are like, well, what about me? Well, listen, second shift, you should already be at work by then. Okay. So you're not watching news at five o'clock and third shift. What do you care? There's never traffic when you're alive, awake and working in this world. I don't miss working nights at all. Not even in the slightest bit. I, would know I would do anything to not have to do that again. I would become, I don't know, name a job that I would have to do to avoid working third shift again. And I would do it. Uh, I would do it if it meant having to, uh, I don't know, crap situations. I would, I would just do it. Anything to avoid third shift. So the people that are doing it, God bless you. 
I hope you get through it. If you like it, you're a psychopath. I know people that, oh, I prefer a third shift. That's insane. Uh, I'm antisocial. I really am. But that's like a different level. And uh, I don't respect it at all. <laughs> I don't. I have zero respect for people who work nights, including you. I'm kidding, but I'm not. Also, my throat sounds like this. Uh, you might have uh, noticed in the last episode, I called it the strep episode with Daniel Hall of Riding Easy. I didn't talk much because I couldn't talk much. Throat was bothering me. That still persists into this week, but it's getting better. I think the allergies that come along with fresh cut grass aren't helping. You know, I talk about all the time that I walk to work and it's true. I do. So I kind of consider it my territory, like the 0.7 miles between my house and my job. So now everybody's out there. It's nice out. So everybody's out there in my space. I'm about to go sharks and jets on them, start snapping and, and dancing at them and prancing my way to and fro from work just to make a point. And they're just going to think, what's this sassy man doing out here? And I'll be like, hey, this is this is violence personified. You know, stay away. Get back or I'll snap in your direction and twirl uh, if if necessary. Last resort, one of those jumping kicks. Click my heels together. That's just a, you know, a little flash in the pan, as they call it. That's not the way that people use the words flash in the pan. But I'm not the type of person who worries about the way we're supposed to do things. OK, off the cuff, off the off the uh, off the bow of the ship. Is that a thing people say? Has anybody ever said that other than, hey, that guy fell off the bow of the ship? I don't know. I'm not checking in on phrases. I just, you know, going with what feels good. And what feels good is to shut the fuck up and get to my conversation with Mast Year. They're a noise rock band out of Baltimore. Noise rock is a uh, is kind of just uh, a blanket uh, umbrella term. I'm going to say for Mast Year, but I think they would agree that that's that's where they belong. It's where they fall. And I had a nice long conversation with guitarist Noel Mueller and uh, singer. Eric Rhodes about the band and how it came together and all that jazz. The new record Knife drops this Friday, April 7th, and that is quickly followed by a record release show April 8th at the Alder Bar in Baltimore, Maryland with Consumer Culture, PSYOP, and previous Getting It Out podcast guests, Nub. So let's listen to a track off a of Knife. It's going to be Fuckboy, which is the first track, and then my conversation with the fellas.
tell me about it. Where does Mastier come from? Because I just heard about you guys a couple months ago. I hate to say it came from the pandemic, but it kind of came from the pandemic. Um, I knew uh, Darren. I've known Eric for a while too, actually. But this kind of started with um, me and Darren, um, our bassist, uh, just trading riffs back and forth in March of 2020. It was basically like pandemic hit, you know, the world stopped. I'm, you know, everyone's on lockdown and I'm like, kind of like, thank God, like I get to just stay at home. And, um, yeah, it was it, the best. It, yeah. It's, I know it's like such a weird thing to say that it was the best thing. But no, 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 no. One, I, I say this all the time and sorry to interrupt you, but I say this all the time. I loved it. I loved, I spent like two years just sitting right here in the spot and I loved it. Yeah. And I mean, the, I would take it back any minute. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, the industry that I'm in, um, I'm not able to work remotely, but mm. for those first two months, you know, everyone was at home except for the absolute essential, you know, uh, sectors. But anyway, I was like, I, I've been in, I've been kind of a dry spell of, of creativity since, I don't know, 2013. And um, riffs just kind of started pouring out of me. Um, but really, I have to credit Darren because Darren just posted some like Instagram videos of himself playing some like kind of mathy, angular noise rock riffs on his bass, his insane 12 string bass. Um, and I was just like, that's sick. How about like, I, I want to like take that riff that you just like that little 30 second riff that you just put on Instagram. I want to like write the next riff. Like let's call that a, I'm going to do the B riff to that, to that riff. Um, and so we basically just started trading riffs remotely. Um, and it got to a point where I was like, so ready to turn little ideas into songs that I think there was one song that he, he just demoed a little part on an acoustic guitar in some weird tuning. And I just took that riff and I like built a song around it and like played the instruments like guitar, bass, did some drums and put together a whole demo and just turned it around in like a day. Cause so I was just so inspired by it and i had so much free time on my hands and a lot of pent-up energy um so we did that for a few months and then i think in the summer of 2020 like july ish um we started reaching out to drummers and wanting to actually like get together in a practice space and actually play the the stuff that we've been demoing like in the real world um and ben price responded to one of Darren's uh, messages. And like, I was like, yeah, you can ask Ben. I don't think he's going to say yes. because He's, he's amazing. And he's in like five bands. Um, and I've, I've worked with Ben, like I've recorded some of his projects in the past and he's also a recording engineer. Um, so we had a lot of common ground. We've known each other for a while. Um, but he said yes. And within like six weeks or like, no more than two months. He had just absolutely nailed every single demo that we brought to him with like no preparation whatsoever. So by like fall of 2020, we were practicing together as a three piece. Um, and it was just like a real thing. Like it just went from 
trading demos back and forth to being a real band in the course of months. Um, the name Mast Year, I think that took probably another nine months or so. We we weren't really serious about giving the project a name for a while, but um, yeah, we eventually settled on Mast Year, which is a, I think it's a cool band name. Um, so I like it. <laughs> band names are hard, you know, they're just like, everything's <laughs> taken. Yeah. Um, they don't have to be. But yeah, so there's, there's a. The brief summary. I like that. Well, and I, I want to touch on the, uh, the band name thing and with you guys, especially, I always bring this up anytime I talk to somebody and they mention name in their band, but you guys will definitely understand what I was talking, what I'm talking about. My band, when I lived in Baltimore was called pleasant living, which of course we just got off of a natty bow can. So right. land of pleasant living. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right off, right off the can. So, uh, so sometimes they're stupid and quick like that. Would, but uh, but master, what is master? I don't, I don't, I was, I was saying it out loud to my wife earlier tonight. And yeah, she was going, we, we were like, you know, it's when you say it, if you don't say it like, uh, and put a decent amount of space, if you don't enunciate and put the space in there, people hear something different. So tell me about what it is. Yeah. So a mast in this context is like you have a bunch of like oaks. And they drop a bunch of acorns. The acorn sitting on the ground at the end of that season is called the mast. Mm. Um, and sometimes trees will just produce a like mysteriously huge amount of fruit that year. So there was a, an event in the Northeast in 2020, I think 2021, maybe where there was a mast year where all the oaks just dropped this crazy amount of acorns and nobody knows why this happens. It's one of those mysteries um, that we don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just thought it was a really cool term. And uh, my wife is, is into environmental activism and stuff like that. And she'd been learning about trees and I, I also kind of assign a little bit of meaning to it. Um, this is kind of cheesy, but that year was kind of like a mast year for like creative ideas. It was just like this explosion of ideas. And right. I don't really want that to be the meaning of the band name moving forward, but that was kind of like a, a little thing that I um, latched onto. I mean, I think it makes sense. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of like cheesy in a way and it's kind of silly, but I mean, fuck it. I mean, that's, that's uh that is what happened. So, right. you know, as, as, uh, as much as, as, uh, any of you may have enjoyed your lockdown, um, that I did not get, <laughs> okay. um, I still had to go to work and with, you know, without anybody knowing what the fuck COVID is. I mean, I, I still think that that was indeed very much a, a huge creative year. And I think that's a good, uh, nod towards the beginning of something that, you know, spawned from that. So, so no, don't take a, don't take away. Don't, don't deny it you know i think that's a pretty pretty uh cool thing i mean it's it's also like it just reads right like i we we did workshop a few other band names and i like that mask year is not super um heady like it, it's not like some weird like latin term that you have to like like contort your mouth to 
to to make it sound right. It, they're they're two relatively common words, and it's tough to find like band names with common words in them that aren't yeah. already taken at this point. So yeah. um, it just felt kind of strong. It had kind of like a noise rock vibe. I don't know. I just kind of dug like the way that it looks too. So. No, I, I, I like it. I like the name and uh, it's, it is interesting to try and find those common name, common word names that haven't been taken yet and still sound good. And I had this, it was kind of a similar conversation with nub with them and their name, you know, just another Baltimore noise rockish band. Like, you know, it's just a brief, common, short, bold, and it works. And that's kind of similar to what you guys are doing here. But so when this thing first starts off, it's instrumental, right? When does Eric come along? Eric, when do you come along? (laughs) Well, uh, uh, from what I understand, um, so I used to live in an apartment about four blocks up from where I uh, live now. Uh, so actually, when last uh, year had started, Noel, uh, not Noel, uh, Darren had sent me some of their demos and was talking about it and was like, hey, look at this cool thing I'm doing with Noel. And um, <clears throat> Noel and I haven't always been uh, the best of friends by any means, but... Uh, <laughs> um he's recorded uh my other band uh a, a couple times two times actually and another band i was in at one point uh one song but um uh actually a guy who lived across the fire escape in my apartment uh had been asked to try out as a singer uh his name is ben jones um i guess too many bens just doesn't work but ben jones uh, uh, a baltimore centerpiece here mm-hmm. uh as far as uh, he's been involved with a lot of very cool projects over the years. Um, none of which I can, I will recall correctly or sit and plug, but heaviness of the load. Yeah. Heaviness of the load. And uh, I, I think one. he played, I know. I think he played drums in Don Treader for a second. Ed Hockley. Uh, Ed Hockley. Yeah. Um, I remember them. And I remember when he got asked that I had known about the project, you know, bed Jones, you know, we would sit on the fire escape during uh, the pandemic and, you know, six feet and all that shit. And, um, he'd be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you know how to, you know how to do metal vocals or, you know, scream. Dude, I've never done that in a band. Um, I was like, Oh, what's the band? And he's like, Oh, it's this, this band with Noel and Darren. And I was like, Oh yeah, I know. I've heard that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll talk to you about it if you want. Sure. And uh, I kept telling Darren, I was like, "Yeah, let me uh, let me join the band. I, I fucking love frying bands. Let's do it." And um, it was like, ah, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know." You know, like I said, Noel and I uh, haven't always gotten along. We do now, but um, uh, eventually, twenty early twenty twenty two, my band and Master actually played a show together, and Master was instrumental for the show. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, I guess, uh, much to Noel's chagrin, uh, we uh, I started singing in the band a little bit in 2022. And it just kind of took off and I ended up in the band just because I, I know Darren. I know Noel. I know Ben. You know, I've played shows with Darren's bands. I played shows with Ben's bands. Uh, I've worked with Noel. Um, it was just a little too convenient. Um, mm-hmm. I love North Rock. Let's do it. You know, I mostly played fucking weird metal and shit on the side but um yeah all right let me let me 
let me add to that. Let me add to that real quick. <clears throat> Number one, I had no idea that you were in the same apartment complex as Ben Jones. Yeah, man. He that lived- is. Wow. All right. That's cool. Um, yeah. That is hilarious. I had no idea he was like, like listening to the songs and like considering coming in on vocals while you were in the vicinity and talking to him about it. that's, that's awesome. I had no idea that was happening. Yeah. Um, other thing is, I feel like we have to address this. Uh, me and Eric have not gotten along. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to ask about it. So you might as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so honestly, it's like, we just didn't really have a friendship. We had kind of like a professional relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost like a transactional relationship. Like, let me um, stop. You. I can say that I'm a jackass. I'm just going to start there and you go ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean, I so basically I, I used to, well, I still do, but I, I ran this, I run this record label where like the thing that makes the record label unique is that I go around and record all the bands and like only release things that I've recorded. So unlike normal record labels, um, you know, I don't just like go find existing recordings in a specific genre. I kind of go around a specific uh, region like mm-hmm. North Northeast mid Atlantic area and just find bands. And I used to drive around to practice spaces with a mobile recording rig and record bands and release their albums. Um, and I did that with Genevieve, uh, Eric's band. And that's how I met Eric. Um, it turned out that Eric already knew me, I think from, just like seeing some of my past bands that were active in like the 2008, 2012 timeframe in Baltimore. And like, he knew who I was, but I didn't know Eric. Um, and, but like I, my band back then was pretty weird, kind of odd time, sort of mathy, sort of post-metal kind of thing. What, so what was the band then? Cause I lived there then. Uh, I was in a band called questioner. Um, I, that one. I mean, <laughs> we weren't very successful, successful or, um, <laughs> prolific, but, um, we played Close enough fun. that, yeah, I mean, we played enough that Eric found us, but Eric likes just, weird shit that like is not commercially viable. So well, at that time um, I was like, I was like uh pretty committed sidebar hardcore dude. That's what I was mm-hmm. doing then. So that's, that's probably two different, we, two different worlds. I think we, we crossed over enough into the heavy, like hardcore realm that we, we definitely played at sidebar a few times. And, yeah, and sure. Probably yeah. with some pseudo hardcore bands, but probably not but, stout. Stout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not stout. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like my thing was like, just jumping in and being like, Hey band, uh, I'm going to try and have a intense professional really and creative relationship with you on zero notice. I'm just going to show up and try to produce your freaking album in like two days. So like I went around doing this with lots of bands and I'm sure I rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, cause it's, it's tough to just drop in and get shit done like without like, warming up to people and Mm -hmm. you know um so i think for a while me and eric's relationship was just kind of like hey noel's that guy that 
like has all these opinions on how things should be recorded and how things should sound and how things should be mixed. Um, because like my gorilla recording style was kind of like make a decision, stick to it and then live with it forever. Like that was <laughs> cause you got like two days to make this album work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, years later, uh, when we did finally get in contact around mass year and around him doing vocals, I did actually call Eric. Like I was the one that was like, all right, we're going to officially invite Eric to play with us and collaborate with us. And at that point we kind of like delved into it. We were like, so what's, what's the deal with our, <laughs> with our <laughs> relationship? Like, are we cool or, and um, that was good. Cause I don't, I don't like, letting shit like fester. So right. I, I think uh, we, we finally got on the same page on some stuff and um, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're cool. But really like the thing is I wanted Eric in this band, not just because I was like, he would do a great job as a vocalist. Um, but because he's like, I've admired like the riffs that he writes for like seven or eight years at this point. Like I I've kind of um, just watched him write music and just be like, Holy shit, this is cool as fuck. Um, so he's not currently playing an instrument in this band, but like from the very beginning, we knew like Eric is going to bring riffs into this band. He's going to write stuff. You know, it's not just going to be, he's a front man. So um, that's a big part of why I'm so pumped to be in a band with Eric and um we we're we're working towards that uh currently like working in some of the material that he's written because it's it's sick thank you Noel. well that's yeah. nice that it came that you guys came came around on each other and uh now doing this doing, yeah. this, doing the band doing this interview together as a as a pair <laughs> well yeah. i thought it was band practice last night he's like oh i'm doing a podcast i was like oh let me go let me do it let me do it <laughs> <laughs> like, so i, I I largely try to keep myself as like, is like, I, I, I just do the singing and the dancing as much as I can. And, uh, I try not to impose as much as possible. Cause I mean, like, I, I don't fucking care. They, they write good shit. I don't care. Like, you know, if they want some of my crap, that's cool. I, I'm down with it too. Um, but I am an, uh, avant annoying, uh, often. So. Well, well tell me about the transition from an instrumental band to, a band with a, with a vocalist. Like, did you, do you guys still use the things that you were written prior to Eric joining the band? Did you start fresh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we, we sent him demos. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, Eric did demos at home. Cause Eric can also record like me, Eric and Ben are all kind of recording engineers. And that not only are we all recording engineers, but we're all kind of like into very, weird dissonant heavy odd time just like weird shit so um it was it was really natural to just send eric instrumental demos and let him do his thing at home mm -hmm. and um, that 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 gave us a head start on like the first time we all got together for practice is like that was pretty smooth because um he had already listened to the instrumental versions of the songs for you know, a couple months at that point, probably. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And, um... Yeah, so it really wasn't that hard to transition from instrumental to having Eric on those songs. But I will say there there was kind of a funny like I tried to do vocals on the songs. I tried to write some lyrics and and do stuff myself because I I have done vocals in mm-hmm. bands before and I hate it. Like I I hate it the, sucks the pr- <laughs> the pressure of being like a guitarist slash vocalist. Um so I, I did a few demos of three songs and they went nowhere. When, when Eric joined, I was like, Hey, do you want to hear like my versions of these three songs? And he was like, well, if you think there's anything like redeeming about them that you want me to maybe like take cues from. And I was like, no, there is nothing about those <laughs> demos that I want you to care about at all. So you can sit here and talk about vocals all day, Noel, but like Noel's uh, vocal approach was vastly different to my own. And like, it's, it's cool to hear the different types of rhythms, uh, vocally that he did versus what I did. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's very, it's clearly a very different style of vocalization too. It's like, you know, again, in, in Genevieve, I, I, um, I have a friend that tells me that, uh, that I, I have a, a broad range, but uh, you know, whatever, I'm not going to sit here and wax my ego up. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it was it, Noel's vocals are very m- much more in the metal vein kind of thing, and like I do a lot of that on this album. But I also like I, I've been I've been working on my fucking you know noise rock pipes for years. I I love it. I used to front a band in high school that was basically Mr. Bungle but punk rock, and um, it was it was it was a lot of fun just like hearing his stuff, and it and it did help honestly hearing what he had thought, and then like um, you know we had a long discussion about. Uh, you know, like rhythmically don't like attach your vocals to the rhythm of the guitars all the time and that kind of thing. Right. And trying to find and make it interesting ultimately, uh, which is what it ended up being. I, I feel pretty proud for the majority of what I did. So, um, so maybe, yeah. so maybe I showed you those, but I didn't show you the lyrics or something. I know there's, there's gotta be uh, something that it, you saw. I, too. Darren showed me everything. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. So that guy's, a, that guy's loose lips, man. Uh, loose lip sync shifts, babe. You know, it's good stuff. Well, uh, I still like his demos a lot, um, but it's it's a completely different vibe. That's yeah. interesting to to talk about that because I've done things. Uh, there's a band, actually, there's a band in Baltimore right now. They're kind of a part time band, but it's it's guys you might know, might recognize Dom from Pulling Teeth A three eight nine. Sebastian from Noisem, whatever they do this and maybe Chris Kuhn from Point Teeth. They do this uh, kind of punk rock band called Permanent Mistakes. Really, really part time. Like they don't, they don't, I don't even think they've even played any shows, but uh, okay. he was he was shopping that demo 
around two different people to sing on it. And it ended up in my hands at some point up here. And I, I did what I, I showed him, you know, I did what I would do and we didn't end up going forward with it. And now when, now it's officially out with somebody else and I hear it and like, it sounds wrong to me, even though it's better. Like I recognize it's better, but it's like the whole thing just doesn't like, I can't. So it's, I can't hear it the way it's supposed to be because I've, you know, workshopped it in my head. So on yeah. both ends, I guess I'm asking that question for you guys. It seems like you guys were both able to overcome that really easily. Like oh, well, yeah. you didn't, you didn't say, well, no, I think it should be like this. And Eric didn't, didn't feel like you were boxed in. Yeah. I, I did. I did what I've done in the past, but I kind of had an idea of what I wanted it to like, like aesthetically, um, like maybe genre wise where I wanted to end up. And mm-hmm. what Eric did got us so much closer than I got us. Right. So it was like, I did have an idea of where we wanted to be. And Eric nailed it like way closer than I did. Like what, what came out of me was like, this is a problem I have a lot, honestly, with writing music is like, I'll have this idea of where I want something to land. And then once I actually get onto a guitar or, or whatever, and, and play something and record it and listen back to it, I'm like, that's not what I thought I was going for at all. But yeah, Eric, what Eric did was like way closer to what I wanted than what I came up with. <laughs> no also hates clean singing. And I, uh, there was, there was some like, we came to blows. No, uh, there was some, definitely some moments where I was like, oh, let's do some like emo vocals here because uh, I have a history of that as well. And they're like, the majority of the band was like, no, don't do that. And, and yeah. that's fine. And that's absolutely fine. And also like, I mean, uh, you know, bringing another member into a band uh, with in a position where there's room to explore and create within it, um, mm-hmm. I feel it's always neat. Like, like you were saying, like, you know, they sent you something and you did vocals one way and you hear it another way and you're like, I don't like that. Or like, Oh, that's different. That's neat. I like it. You know, it, it's all about perception and interpretation too. Cause we all pick up as musicians, we all pick up on things differently. Um, as far as, uh, like rhythm, like vocal patterns are a very specific and strange thing too, uh, over top of any kind of music, whether it's math rock or, uh, it's pop music or whatever, you know, that, that can that can completely change through the eye of the beholder ultimately as far as how you interpret it. Um, so I, I think it was a rare, very cool process. Um, you know, I, I've been most of my musical life has been for <clears throat> basically myself and writing everything myself and basically being at the helm and like controlling it. Uh, just simply because I've worked with a lot of musicians that don't fucking care. Uh, what they do, you know, you tell them what they do, they do it. And then like, you're like, Hey, what do you guys think of this? And they're like, Oh, it's fine. And you know, you don't get a whole lot of response, but like, sure. I did what I did in last year, but you know, I, I got feedback from everybody in the band and that's really cool for me. Cause this is the first time I've been in a band where I'm like, not the only person making the fucking music and then mm-hmm. asking play with me like this has been very cool because there's a lot of like going back and forth and there's a lot of discussion at band practices and shit where everyone's like you know like like garen's like like just last night i was like hey can i play the bass line like this should i do it like that and then like ben plays multiple instruments you know like everybody's got a good ear here and it's very neat and wholesome for me just to be in a a working uh unity of i don't want to say unity that probably whatever it's like everybody has an opinion and it's not like fuck you it's it's always just like constructive as shit 
and it works and it's very healthy. Um, yeah. and it's a thing I haven't experienced since high school, honestly, on that, on this level. And it's very cool. Um, and you know, it, it, it gets very boring and tiresome to be the sole like decision maker in a band or like damn close to, um, yeah, this band definitely is not that way. It's no one single project. I mean, me coming in, sure. You know, they have songs, but I'm not the one making decisions on anything. They're not either. We are as a group and it feels cohesive and it feels uh, organic and it feels like we're actually working together instead of uh, working against each other or like one person is the fucking uh, to make uh, a boat reference, the mast of the ship that, you know, <laughs> ultimately right. you know, controls the direction it goes in. And uh, it's very cool. It's very cool. It's it's very nice. It's different. For yeah, me. me me and Eric have definitely bonded on this um, already. Like the fact that previous projects that we've been in, we've been like trying to kind of rope our friends into like playing the kind of music that we want to be playing mm-hmm. um, or like, or getting like hired guns, right? Like yeah. being like, Hey, you want to do this? And this is what I'm looking for. Um, and yeah, this, this band is just the exact opposite of that. It's like, yeah. some. And and I think the it's just like it, it extends to everything. It's like um like I don't have to be the one booking shows. Eric doesn't have to be the one booking shows. Like that's yeah. so awesome. Like not having to be the band mom. Um, yeah, it's so like, nice. There are shows that Eric has booked, there's shows that I booked, there's shows that Darren's booked, and I don't know if Ben's booked a show, but I have no doubt that he could. No, no, he would. Yeah. And cause he's got, he's got just as good, if not better connections than any of us. So, um, but yeah, same thing with like bringing riffs to the table. I think the, we have kind of gotten dinged a little bit for not having a really consistent aesthetic, but like, I don't give a shit. I, I like having a lot of range and Mm -hmm. like, Ben Ben wrote like a 10 minute long like epic post metal song that sounds like Sumac and um we haven't released it yet but that's a song that like he wrote start to finish um he demoed every single instrument and that was like winter of 2021 um and we all learned it a couple months later and um I just love playing that song um some of the riffs in that song feel like I wrote them or like I, I would be super proud to have written some of those riffs. Um, and we, like, we haven't gotten there quite yet with, with Eric's stuff just because he hasn't been around as long as, as Ben, Ben has a head start, but I'm so pumped to, to play riffs that Eric wrote. Yeah. I like the way that it's hard to define what mast year sounds like the easy thing to say is noise rock. Right. But what I'm curious is a Creek. What I am curious of is what you guys call it. Like if you're just explaining this to somebody who might not be totally familiar with all the subgenres of uh, underground music, whatever we call it, what, what do you present? What do you tell somebody that mast year is like, how do you describe the sound? It doesn't get easier. It doesn't. It doesn't get easier. No, it doesn't. Um, no, it's like a we don't flop, you know, like power trio with like fucking, you know, like like John Zorn on the vocals. Like I don't know, man. 
No, I mean, it's, it's impossible. I like, and I also, I like the idea that we might sound a lot different on the next album. Um, I, I think there, yeah, there are some things that probably aren't going to change. Like broadly, we're going to be on the kind of dissonant side. We're going to be on the heavy side. Um, aesthetically, there's probably going to be some common threads. Um, but as far as compositionally, I don't think we're tethered at all to anything like, um, nah. yeah. So it, it's tough to describe music like that. That's, that's, um, not following a, um, like a formula mm-hmm. in terms of the composition of a song. Um, I mean, there's one, I, there's one phrase that, that, that constantly lingers over top of whatever we do. And it's, is it dissonant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the thing that matters ultimately. Yeah. Um, all right, like whether it, we kind of get a little more metal or we kind of get a little bit more punk in the end, who gives a shit? Like as long as it's like, you know, hurting someone's eardrums, we're doing all right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be dissonant. It's going to feel weird. Um, it's going to be a little unsettling. Um, you know, if, if we end up exploring like lighter tones, lighter textures, um, if it's soft, it'll be in the post-rock, post-metal realm. If it's heavy and we're in the lighter textures, it might be a little unhinged. Like, like what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, yeah. like that part in, uh, in fuck boy, um, with that guitar part, like that's, that's arguably not dark, not very dissonant, but it's also just kind of like unsettling. It's like, what is hat? Like these people don't sound like they're like stable mentally right right um, well yeah me. noise rock post metal i don't know yeah all, Sorry, all those are all those are fair right you know you could say you could say all sorts of things and and uh listening throughout knife you're gonna hit most of them and i think that's part of the part of the appeal to it for me i really like it i've listened to it a bunch of times uh but tell me about the album in particular like i mean it's only been uh, maybe a year spring of 2022 you came along according to press materials eric so it's only been like a you know barely a year since uh the full band's been together and you have a full-length album about to come out mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty quick work obviously it helps that you guys are all really uh proficient or it seems in my opinion really proficient uh musicians and songwriters and engineers yourself so that certainly helps but what are you uh what are you most excited about for the release of knife uh the show honestly i'm uh i uh i'm a bit of an attention whore at times and uh there's nothing i like better than getting up on stage with a fucking microphone i gotta say like you know <laughs> not to get too incredibly uh personal here but like i i i have i have therapy i am in therapy and therapy is great and i have i full support on mental health. Uh, but there's one thing that therapy will never do to you. If you are a person that yells at a microphone and that's, you don't get to yell at a microphone in therapy. Um, and it feels great just to fucking yell at a microphone. Um, and and I'm so glad to have someone like that (laughs) as the front man (laughs) of our band, because I am the exact opposite. Yeah, man. Like I, I love, I love banter. Um, I like making, crappy jokes like i'm not that funny but i think i am and uh 
yeah no i'm i'm super excited just to get up on stage and fucking be like hey it's our album release like you are all legitimately interested in paying attention you know um, like i said i'm an attention whore so it's it's nice having people you know sit there and be enthused uh, about something you've put a lot of heart and time into i mean like writing lyrics is not a joke um though i make jokes in those lyrics but i make in real life too so i mean like it, it's it's just it's good to do it ultimately you know i just want to i'm ready to play more shows i'm ready to play shows i'm ready to get out there and you know make fun of the i i think music is is a very important thing to me but it's also a joke to me i think music is the funniest place in the world to make funny um because it's such an obscure concept as far as art's concerned um I mean, that can be argued across all sorts of mediums, but music specifically is, um, it's abstract as shit, regardless of how straightforward it is or how not straightforward it is. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just nice to get into that weird romp of just being like, hi everyone. This song's called in tandem. It's about riding a bike with your lover, which is not what the song's about, but nobody has to fucking know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I brought it up. No. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's funny. It's fun. The song's about what I'm not going to get into what the song's about, you know, come see us live and read the lyric sheet, you know, create your own interpretation, but that shit's what's up. And that's what I'm most excited about is just playing it, getting out there, yelling at people. You know, if the crowd does something dumb, tell the crowd what's up. You know, if you, if someone fucks up on stage, you know, give them a little hell. It's a good time. Yeah. I mean, I I think we're kind of in a place right now where I feel like we're like a rubber band that's like pulled back <laughs> and like we we have a lot of stored like kinetic energy like last year when we brought Eric on it was basically like we had one we had one mission which was like get lyrics written get the vocals figured out for these songs so that we could play um, this one show, the Grim Reaver Fest that one of my friends puts on um, every year with like stoner metal bands. Yeah. And we played our first show with Eric um, last year in April. And then after that point, it was like everything felt real. Everyone was pumped. We were like, okay, we sound awesome. We're going to record this. We're going to re-record all the songs with Eric. Um, and And then like covid started like picking us off like flies um and we had all these false starts after that one awesome show um so from kind of like our first real show with eric through to now um there's been a lot of just kind of friction just due to covid um so we you know we played a show with some bands that we were really pumped to play with but um, Eric couldn't play. So we played it instrumental. Um, and that felt kind of crappy. Um, and then like getting the album recorded was tough. Like it, it took us until August to actually record the album just because of scheduling issues and everyone getting COVID, um, in, at different yeah, it, times. COVID fucked me up pretty good. So yeah, it took me a minute to get recovered. But like now we're at a point where it's like, we did it. The album's recorded. Everyone feels great about it. It feels really representative. Like the recording feels like us. Like it sounds like us. Um, it feels right. Um, and 
yeah, we just, we just want to, we're going to play the whole thing live. That's going to be our set is just to play the album start to be, start to finish. Um, and then I think after that, we're just pumped to like play more shows and, and play other material. Cause we do have a few other songs that we would like to incorporate into the set and, um, move forward. Yeah. So I'm incredibly excited about that too, because yeah, it's the, the band's definitely, I want, I hate using the, the phrase it's growing, but it's, it's, you know, like you have four people who all write music in this band and um, moving in any direction doesn't matter uh, what it is. Ultimately, back to that question, as far as like sound and trying to explain it. But it's like, yeah, it's, you know, someone comes up with a thrash riff by accident. You know, that's fucking awesome. And I can, you know, do a hilarious thing until we get it serious. And I'm excited. I'm very excited just to see where this band goes. Yeah, like. As far as um, after this show, like we haven't really made concrete plans on what to do with the next chunk of material, but like we, we could very easily have a short album or a split or something that's like a short dissonant, like almost death metal song, a 10 minute long post metal, like slow burner. And then like this weird, like dissonant thrash metal song. Um, and we could just like crank it out and record it and release it whenever we want. So it feels really cool to have shit like that, just sitting in your back pocket, like ready to go. Well, you guys seem to be set up uh, very well to have a self-sustaining thing here, being that you all can record music. You obviously can all write music. Uh, you have your own record label. No, uh, you know, like it doesn't seem like you need necessarily you don't you could exist on your own right just as the band is that the way you want it to stay though like well we want to we want to play shows with bands that we admire i think that's that's a big thing that we're gonna have to you know that that has to happen naturally you can't mm -hmm. just like call up you know sumac and be like hey can we open for for you um <laughs> Or like, I don't know, any number of bands that, that we love and look up to that are huge and have followings, maybe not huge, but huge for weird dissonant music. And um, so that's the part where like organic growth is the only way forward. And I think we're all kind of on the same page that um, we're just going to be patient and play a show a month moving forward and just kind of work our way up until we get to play the exact kind of shows that we want to play.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Noel and Eric of Mass Year. The song you just heard was In Tandem, which I believe was officially released as a single of some sort. So go out there in the internet world and find it. Give it another listen. The second for the day. You know what? Go for three. You can do it. I trust you. And again, the record drops April 7th on Grimoire Records. Available everywhere, maybe? Question mark. But I think so. I think you should at least be able to find it digitally and if you're local to baltimore make sure you head over to the autobar to catch mass year with our friends nub psyop and consumer culture at the world's greatest venue that still exists since the sidebar's out the autobar and the friendly staff at the autobar which by the way the next episode of the podcast features a staff member of baltimore's the autobar which if you've ever been down there if you ever like lived in the area or even just went to shows there the staff of the Autobar, the bouncers have always been dudes in bands, like forever. As long as I remember when I was a kid, I would go to that that, uh, that venue and it'd be like, oh, there's that singer from this band is the guy, uh, you know, yelling at people about where to smoke cigarettes. That's how you know, like they're not making any money with their band. Anyway, off topic, Mass Year, Knife, great record. And uh, you should check it out when you can. Thanks to those guys for coming on and having a chat with me about it and filling me in on yet another great band out of the greatest city in America, Charm City, the city that reads. I think that's one of them, which I never understood. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland, who is about to uh, start talking about baseball a lot because they don't have anything good to say about football. Uh, it's a really bad sports city. Um, just if, if you're interested in that, uh, and if you're a hater like me, then yeah, you understand. Anyway, way off topic. Let's get back on topic with something cool that's not related to Baltimore sports. And that's a track to end this episode with. Uh, Cadaverette, they're a band you've heard me play before. They're a band who I've opened shows before, but I wanted to close one out here because I've just been listening to their new record. We are everything but not anything it's out on barely alive records it's been out since like late last year but i think sometimes we need to revisit to make sure it didn't get forgotten about uh, again portland maine and uh, this is i don't know what you want to call it it's 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 you can call it noise rock you can call it i don't know hardcore there's some shoegaze stuff in it the track i'm going to play for you to end this thing is sledgehammer no not a peter gabriel cover but it does rock just as hard. So let's do that. This one's from Cadaverette, Sledgehammer. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.